Spirit. Grant unto us that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Reveal to every heart and life the manner of love that you've bestowed upon us, that you have made us to be sons and daughters of God. The reality of what sin had done made us foreigners and strangers afar off. But you, in order to satisfy your great love for us, sent Jesus, your only begotten Son, to pay the only price that could be paid, spotless blood, that we might be redeemed unto God. Not just forgiven of our sin, but you gave us a spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Sons and daughters. Oh, God, help us understand how that wipes all the religious thinking away. Sons and daughters. Sons and daughters. We're children of the Most High God. Princes in the kingdom of God. Princesses in the kingdom of God. Whew, no longer just ordinary, no longer just struggling to get by. Sons and daughters, heirs of yours, joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Whew. Holy Spirit, plant that in our hearts like never before. Flood our hearts with the light and the revelation of being sons and daughters, that it begins to show up those areas that the enemy has lied to us and said we're paupers and we're, we're without and we have to struggle to get by. Dispel all those areas of deceit that would lie to us and say we could never measure up and show us clearly and accurately that we are children of God. Blessed of our Father. God, we thank you for that. Holy Spirit, open up the eyes of our understanding today that we might realize and recognize there is an expectation to our calling in this generation. That we've been called out of darkness for a divine purpose to shine as lights in the midst of a world that is struggling, that is without hope, that is bound in division and strife, and that we, the church, should not be part of that place, but we should rise up and declare the love of God and be a mending and a healing for those who are searching and groping in darkness, equip us today, strengthen us today. Pour out a fresh oil and an anointing upon each one in this place that we truly might see and understand that it's not by our might, it's not by our power, but it's by the Spirit of God. That we recognize that we're not just struggling every day, but it's in you that we live and it's in you that we move and it's in you that we have our very being. Thank you, Lord, 
for ministering to every heart in life. We give you all the glory, all the honor. Thank you, Lord. Yes, I thank you for that. That person who's really had a, a difficulty behind their right ear. In the name of Jesus, it creates that, not just a ringing, but there's just a, a tingling even down into your jaw. In the name of Jesus, right now, I declare by the sacrifice of your own precious blood, we speak to that. Sometimes a dull pain, but mostly just an irritating, just feeling, nervous Nerves tingling, even into the jaw. We, we command healing and restoration. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I thank you. That place right now, that those sinuses that were damaged by that infection. You had a sinus infection. That's cleared up, but it's never quite been the same in your sinuses since you had that infection. That infection caused some damage. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for working right now by the Holy Spirit of God to mend in the sinuses what that infection began to work on deteriorating, make that 100% whole. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your healing power, being present in this place, even now, to restore. I thank you, Lord. Yeah. Ha-ha. It's that anointing that binds up the brokenhearted. So I thank you, Lord, that, that sense, that person that would never be whole again. It's just been too broken up. Right now, you begin to pick up the pieces, put it back together. Put it back together again. I, I thank you for revelation for that person who feels like they're without hope. Too much has happened. Too much brokenness. Thank you. You minister to their heart right now. Encounter with you. You're, you're the one. You're the one that God's talking about. And that it all starts to come back together. Vision becomes clear. Hope becomes strong. And faith, once again, will arise in your heart. God's not finished with you yet. We thank you, Lord, for everything that will be accomplished in every heart, in every life, and by your word and by your spirit. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and everyone who agreed said, Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. <laughs> What a great day to be alive. Amen. God is moving. He's moving in your midst. He's moving in your heart by the Spirit of God. He's moving in your life. He's got you anointed for a purpose. He's got you anointed for a generation. And this is it. We're not waiting for the next one. Now is the time. We are the people. And this is the place. Right? Amen. God wants to move. The enemy wants to move, but God's greater. We look out and we're just like, wow, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on.
You just have to remember the Bible says where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Not that we should be sinning, but when we see sin moving, grace comes on the scene in a greater measure. Amen? And guess what? You get to carry the grace of God wherever you go. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let's say this. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. And you can be seated. Once again, we want to welcome you. Everybody who's joining us by live stream, we want to welcome our Meeker campus uh, joining us today. It is so good to be with you. I just want to let you know, nine people made a decision for Jesus Christ last week. And so it's a time and, and a, really a, a season where we want to be uh, bold in our faith. It may seem like a lot's going on, but there are people out there looking for the answer. And Jesus is the answer. Amen. And the Bible says, how will they know if someone does not tell them? If someone doesn't tell them. And how will they tell them unless they're sent? You think, well, I don't know if I'm sent. God, you wake up every day and God sends you into your workplace. God sends you into places that if you're ready and you're anticipating that God is ready to use you every day, God's ready to cooperate and you're ready to cooperate with him, that he will position you in phenomenal places at just the right time in the right place that you'll begin to bless somebody's life. Amen? And you'll be amazed at how God leads you to bless somebody's life. But uh, right now uh, is such a critical time that we really step into understanding who we are and uh, what we have in Christ. Amen? And so we want to just get into the word this morning. We are in a, a series of messages that we have entitled, What About Now? And we continue to talk about these things because right in, in front of us, we're, we're thinking about, you know what, what's going to happen in November? Then what's going to happen after November? And what, we're looking, kind of anticipating what, what might happen next. Or sometimes we're like, you know what, I can't even move forward because of what happened yesterday. What's happened in my life? The mistakes that I've made. And, 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 and yesterday's gone. And we don't have a guarantee of tomorrow. What if Jesus comes back tonight? So the value and the importance of how we look at now and the value of what about now and really the understanding of what about now is whatever you do right now, whatever you do right now determines what happens next. Sometimes we're not paying attention to now and then when we get to next, we wonder what in the world, why am I here? Because of what we did now determines what happens next next. And so many times we just now this moment of time, the Bible even says redeem the time because the days are evil. It's really understand that time is something that we don't get back. Something yesterday is gone, right? Sometimes even when it comes to church and our activity or our prayer time, our word time, we get too busy and we think, you know what? I don't have time to get into the word today. I don't really have time to pray today, but you can't look at that. You have to say, listen, right now I'm on my way to work. I have time to shut off the radio and pray right now. I, I can set the alarm and right now tonight I can set the alarm to get up earlier and spend time in the word of God. Because if I set the alarm and it goes off, then I have time to get into the word. And if I have time to get in the word, you'll be amazed at what difference it makes to your day. But we start to think about, I'll do that tomorrow, and then tomorrow goes away. 
And if you have the opportunity right now to set your alarm, you have the opportunity to come to church, you have the opportunity to pray, you have the opportunity to raise your hand and say, God, you're the one I praise you this morning. It doesn't matter if you had a fight on the way to work. That was just minutes ago on the, on the way to church. That was just minutes ago. Well, I'm not going to raise my hand because I had a fight with my spouse on the way to church. Listen, that was minutes ago. What are you going to do right now? Are you going to praise God right now? No, I'm going to be mad at what just happened moments ago on the way to church. No, that's past. What are you going to do right now? Are you going to see in that or are you going to raise your hand and say, God, that's past. I'm looking to you right now. There's so much opportunity in right now. Don't start thinking about lunch now. We got the word of God coming right now. Open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. As you all know, if you come here, uh, uh, we have a series going on within a series. Our series is What About Now? But we started a couple weeks ago on this scripture because I believe it's very important to break this down just a little bit. And so in Galatians chapter 2, starting in verse 16, Paul is talking here. He says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ. Everybody say, faith in Christ. Faith in Christ. Say a little bit louder, faith in Christ. Faith. And not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law, no flesh can be justified. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. He said, listen, if you get to the place where you're trying to earn everything and then you receive Jesus Christ by his blood and then you get back to trying to earn everything, he said, listen, you become a transgressor. You become confused in the moment. Listen, if Jesus died for me, then I live from that place. I'm not just trying to get favor with God. I live from favor with God. And so he says, where does that happen? Paul says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Now, this is the point that we have been standing on. We've been getting at. He says, but the life I now live. Everybody say now. now. See, the life I now live. Paul used to live a different kind of life. And he was moving into some other things that God had. But he said, the life that I right now live, the life that I'm living today, it's a different kind of life and it's a different quality of life. James Stewart in his book, A Man in Christ, he said, listen, when you break this down according to how the Greek writers wrote it, Jesus, Paul wasn't just running by this. He was saying, listen, if I, if I, the life that I now live means I lived a different kind of life. But the life that I now live is a different kind of life and it's a different quality of life. And he declares that the quality of that life is the quality of the resurrection. How do you get that from that? He said, if I was crucified with Christ, but I now live, the life that I now live, I was crucified with Christ. Therefore, the life that I now live has to be resurrection life. I live a new kind of life and a quality of life by faith in the Son of God. By faith in his death, burial, and resurrection, that I have faith in that right now, that if he died for me, I died with him, I was buried with him, I raised with him, and I ascended to the right hand and am seated in heavenly places 
with him. He said, I live every day by faith in that understanding. I don't go by that and live by faith in that on Sunday and the rest of the week I'm just guided by the course of this world and the circumstances of the day. But he said, listen, right now and every day in the now, I live by faith in the Son of God and what he did for me. And Paul had that revelation and that understanding that we've gone through and that we've talked about that he said over and over, the just shall live by faith. Not someday, not going to try faith to see if it works, but every day you live by faith. You don't try faith. So many people say, well, I tried that faith stuff. Well, no, then it wasn't faith. You don't try faith to see if it works. Faith is something that gets into your heart. It's a conviction of the truthfulness of God and his word. It's a reliance upon. It's an adherence to. It's a, a faithfulness to God and his word. And he says, that's not something you try. That's something that becomes a part of you. That's something that you live every day. And if you're living it every day, then it's something that is right now. As we said last week, it's something that God reminds us over and over. He says, keep this in remembrance. Keep this at the forefront of your thinking. Now, if you remember last week when we were talking about this, I just want to challenge you and to think about this. How many times did the news of the day, did a circumstance of the day, did something your wife or your husband said your children did immediately rush to the forefront of your thinking and displace your faith in what Jesus had done for you? Or when those circumstances happened, that was really quiet. Because this is the challenge of the day, right? This is what really starts to define this as being a relationship and a lifestyle as opposed to religion. Because when we only remember it when we're on church in church on Sunday, then it becomes religion. But in every day when something is vying for first place at the front of our thinking, we say, listen, you happened and you were pretty impressive. But what's more impressive and at the forefront of my thinking is what Jesus Christ has done for me, who he's made me to be, what he's doing in me right now, and what he's going to do through me. That's at the forefront of my thinking. So I deal with every circumstance and every situation based on that faith and that understanding. And if we're just honest with ourselves, we're like, wow, that trouble, that challenge, that bill, that argument with my spouse, man, it all of a sudden just took up all the space in my thinking. It became my self-talk. It became what I worried about. It became what I meditated on. And then we wonder, why am I struggling? We've allowed something to take first place. Now, listen, you're going to have arguments in your marriage. I know that surprises some of you that have never had an argument, but right? You're not going to always agree. That's how you come together as one. You're two different people. You work your disagreements. You work the strength there. Your children aren't always going to be perfect. Bills are going to arrive in the mail. Surprises are going to come. Trouble does exist. Your children are going to do things that you didn't teach them to do. Say things that you wonder, who taught them that? And it's going to try to rush to the forefront of your thinking and cause worry and cause stress, cause anxiety, cause you to say, you know what, maybe we're not right for each other. Maybe I'll never make it financially. It'll all rush to get you to doubt and fear. But the moment those things come, if you say, wait a minute, my faith is not in this. My faith is in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
every day in every way. To begin to challenge even yourself to say, listen, when things come, I'm not going to let it take up the space in the forefront of my thinking that is reserved for God. As I said last week, I think I said it in, in second service. Listen, wake up every morning and allow the word of God to yell to you when you start to get out of bed. Shotgun. I got shotgun. Right? Second service knows this. We talked about this, but you know, when you're going somewhere, we used to go somewhere as kids, you know, you don't ever want to sit in the back seat. Right? When I grew up, if you sat in the back seat, you were usually in a station wagon or a van. You couldn't see nothing. Right? So everybody's like, I got shotgun. What does that mean? You're riding in the front seat. Come on, the word of God should be riding in the front seat. And the driver gets to choose who rides shotgun, and you get to determine, is my, is my anxiety about my marriage, is my anxiety about my finances, is it riding shotgun, or is the Word of God riding shotgun in the forefront of my thinking? Because they're both calling out. I got shotgun today. But you get to say, no, right now, you're in the back seat. And God's word's right in front and center. You know, that front and center, shotgun, shotgun's one thing. There's that front and center. When I met Tasha, I had a Buick LeSabre. And it didn't have a center console. So somebody yelled shotgun. Tasha didn't care if they yelled shotgun. She had front and center. Didn't matter if I was taking youth somewhere, somebody would go, I got shotgun. Tasha would just jump in and sit in the middle. It's just a different place. You got to give God front and center in our thinking. Praise the Lord. And so we've just talked about that. Last week we talked about number one, you have to have faith every day in what the blood of Jesus Christ has done for you. Number two, we're going to talk about that today. You have to have faith every day in who you are now. See, if you believe in what Christ has done for you, if he washed you and he cleansed you and he sanctified you, he bought your life with his own precious blood, then you're not the same old person that you used to be. If you believe that, that he died on the cross for you, he was buried, he raised from the dead, and he ascended on high, then that creates something totally different in you and for you. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17, we see this, that any man that be in Christ, how many of you are in Christ, right? If you believe in what Jesus Christ did for you and have accepted him as Lord and Savior, then you've been in Christed. And what that means is you get engrafted into Christ. He is yours, you are his. It's a phenomenon, a spirit, it's a, it's a spiritual marriage, it's a spiritual covenant where you become one with him. You become engrafted into Christ. And he says, once you're engrafted into Christ, old things have passed away, and behold, everything becomes new. Everything becomes new. You are a new creation in Christ. So every day when your, 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 your soul gets stirred up and your soul starts to tell you, this is what we do, these are the habits we have, this is the way that we think, you say, no, 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 no. That's the old me 
I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. And behold, everything has become new. And now, everything that is really the source of my life, because I've been engrafted, I've been born of the Spirit, now everything that really proceeds and is important in my eternal life is now of God. It's not of the sinful nature that I used to live under, but now everything is of God who has reconciled me to himself. I'm different. We started out with this prayer, I'm different. Why? Because I'm now a child of God. I've been reconciled. That word reconciled means brought into right relationship with God. Through the blood of Jesus, you were foreigner and a stranger. Sin separated you from God. Adam's sin, it said that through Adam's sin, all men came under condemnation. But under Jesus' righteous act, all became available to the justification that Jesus offered them. To anyone who would believe, when you believe in Jesus Christ, you come into a new place in him. And he reconciled you and made you to be sons and daughters. And not only that, he made you a minister of reconciliation. He said, if you've been reconciled, what I put in your heart is that desire to tell others that they also can be reconciled back to God. So not only are you a new creation in Christ, but you're a minister of reconciliation. Some people say, I want to know my ministry. I want to know my ministry. Your ministry is clear. It's a ministry of reconciliation. Well, no, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm I'm talking about, you know, where am I going to preach? To whoever you're around. I got quiet. But if you have faith in what Jesus did for you and you have faith in the fact that you are a new creation in Christ and how that took place, how can you not tell someone else, listen, you don't have to be separated from God anymore. And God was so gracious that when he said right here in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, starting in 17, he said, listen, you can know that everything is of God who reconciled you to himself and he gave you the ministry, ministry of reconciliation. And then guess what? He made it so easy. Like, what do I minister? What do I tell people? What do I, I don't even know what to say. Just read 2 Corinthians 5, 17. He said, here's the ministry of reconciliation. You tell people that God was in Christ Jesus, not holding your sin against you. Not imputing your trespasses. But reconciling you through Jesus to God himself. See, the devil wants to tell you that God sent Jesus to condemn you, to put you down. But the Bible says that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but he sent Jesus so that the world through him might be saved. And people have a misconception. They're like, why Jesus? Why not somebody else? Because he's the way, the truth, and the life. And no one else came and gave their life to reconcile you as a son and a daughter. Everybody else is just trying to get to God. God didn't want you to just get to him. He wanted you to get in him and be his offspring, sons and daughters. See, some people are just trying to get to God. God says, I don't want you to get to God. I want you to come through me and become my offspring with my DNA, with my inheritance, with my blessing. Because once you come in that path and you get engrafted into Christ and you become part of him and he becomes part of you, it's not a work that you can even say, I got to him myself. There was only one thing that could immerse me in Christ. There's only one thing that could make me a son or a daughter, and it's not what I could do. It's only what 
he could do for me. And so instead of leaving people out there saying, well, wait a minute, this is all about going to hell. No, it's not about going to hell. It's about being engrafted into Christ, being reconciled to your Father, God. So he said he's not imputing our trespasses. That's the ministry of reconciliation. God's not here to hold your sin against you. He's here to wash you clean and to reconcile you and to make you a son and a daughter. And he says, therefore, if you know who you are, you become an ambassador of Jesus Christ. See, when you begin to have faith in who you are, not only are you a new creation, but you're a ministry of reconciliation, and you are an ambassador of Jesus Christ, which the wonderful thing is means you get to represent him everywhere you go. But listen, in representing him everywhere you go, if you even study who an ambassador is that represents the United States, the property that they live on belongs to the United States of America. They, make, they go and they negotiate the, the good things of the United States of America. They have at their disposal the authority and the power of the United States of America. When you're an ambassador of Jesus Christ, the property that you live on belongs to the kingdom of God. The access that you have to heaven's power and heaven's blessing belongs to you to convey it to someone else that they might know the goodness of God. Come on, you're just not struggling by. You're not just trying to get through the day and, and, and get your paycheck. You're an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Heaven's realities belong to you. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And if you believe in what Jesus did for you, then you've got to believe in who you now are because of what he did for you. And he ends and he says, for he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. You're a new creation you're a new creation. You're a minister of reconciliation. You're an ambassador. But even more so, you are righteous. You are righteous. You're right with God. You've been made right with God. That word righteous means to take what is wrong and make it right. Jesus took what was wrong through sin, and he made it right. And he made you and I right and put us in a right relationship with God. That right relationship is sons and daughters. And when your old nature tries to pull on you and tempt you and draw you away, when your faith is in what Jesus has done for you and who you now are and what you have in Jesus Christ, it's easy to say, no, 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 no. I am now the righteousness of God in Christ. And righteous people don't do unrighteous things. I'm working on a message that, the enti that I've entitled, Or Did You Not Know? You know how many times the writers of the scriptures had to write to them and say, or did you not know? Or did you not know? Paul had to write this. He said, or did you not know that now that you're a Christian, if you lend your members as instruments over of unrighteousness to sin, sin will once again enslave you. But if you know that you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ and you give your fullness to that righteousness, it will enslave or it will govern your whole life. Paul's like, didn't you know this? Why would you go back to sin and allow it to bind your life up? If you know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ, then it, and have faith in that, it begins to govern our life. Are you all with me? We've said this over and over and over. 
So number one, you're a new creation. Number two, you're a minister of, recon minister of reconciliation. Number three, you're an ambassador. There's a lot of things you are in Christ here, so and I won't even scratch this surface. Right? You're an ambassador. Number four, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. Number five, you are a son and a daughter of God. You are a son and a daughter of God. Romans, the eighth chapter, the 14th verse. says, now we've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we're children of God. And since we are children of God, then we are heirs of God and we are joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not a sub-heir of Jesus Christ. It's not like Jesus got this and I get this down here. He said you are joint heir with Jesus Christ. He who led the way, he was the firstborn among many brethren. That you're a son and a daughter of God. Listen, that should change the way that you think. It should change the way that you are. Sometimes, you know, we can get all distracted, hang out with friends. You know, uh, uh, you know I used to in high school, some of you may not have ever done this. And in fact, uh, uh, a friend of mine, really impacted me. We got, we were at the end of our senior year in high school. And so I had been hanging out with friends, doing things I shouldn't have done. I always thought that was pretty okay. But when I knew that people were watching that knew my family and knew my, uh, my, my mom and dad, I always knew like they're watching and I'm Charlie and Bernadine's son. So people know what my parents taught me. I better act right. And sometimes we get that. We're like, we're just hanging out in the world and everybody's okay with all of that. But no, People are watching, and you're a son and a daughter of God. My friend told me something because I thought I was doing good. I was respecting my parents. Everybody knew I acted right around them. And I asked him, I said, why don't you, I mean, you come and hang out with us, but you don't do the things everybody else does. And he looked at me, and he said this. He said, the reason I don't do, and you, you know, don't let your imagination wander, but, you know, if you were in high school, you know what I'm talking about. He said, the reason I don't do those things is because I respect my mom and dad too much. See, I thought I was, but he said, I don't just want all the other adults to know my mom and dad raised me right. I want my friends to know my mom and dad raised me right. See, sometimes we get casual when we're hanging around other people, but we're sons and we're daughters of God. That'll cause you to resist sin when you know, wait a minute, I'm a child of God. Whew. When you have faith in that. See, it takes all the other stuff away. It takes the religious stuff away. It's just like I'm a child of God. This is who I am. This is who my dad is. Number six, you're blessed with every spiritual blessing. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1. Praise the Lord Jesus. Y'all doing all right? It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Yahoo. 
I mean, he talks about it all right here. He's like, you're blessed with every spiritual blessing. You are sons and daughters of God. And guess what? You are accepted in the beloved. You're not rejected. You're not kicked out. You didn't make too many mistakes. You're accepted in the beloved. When the enemy comes and goes, man, you made too much of a mess of your life. You, you're just all this. You have to just say, wait a minute. No, I believe in what Jesus has done for me. And because of what he's done for me, I'm accepted in the beloved. And because I'm accepted in the beloved, I have every spiritual blessing at my disposal. And I'm a son and a daughter. And I'm an heir. And I'm a new creation. And I am a minister of reconciliation. And I am an ambassador. And I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not who I used to be. The life that I now live is a different kind of life. And it's a different quality of life. And it's of the quality of the resurrection. And this is not religious. This is something to start putting on the mirror and look at it wherever you go and say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am accepted in the beloved. I am an ambassador of Christ. I am a new creation in Christ. Why? Because what you say out of your mouth comes out of your heart. And faith comes by hearing. And if you say it and you don't believe it yet, you say it and you hear it. And then you start to believe what you're saying. And when you believe what you're saying, it has power. Every day we live by faith. So that was six and seven. Six was you're blessed with every spiritual blessing. Seven is you're accepted in the beloved. Number eight, you have authority. You have authority. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter one, Paul prayed for them. He, he bowed his knee and he prayed. He says, I pray uh, that God would grant unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your heart would be flooded with light. That you might know the hope of your calling and the riches of the glory of your inheritance as a saint in God. That you might know the exceeding greatness of his power that he released towards us who believe. That same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated in him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above all principality, power, might, and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this age, but that which is to come. And he made him to be the head over all things to the church. That's us. Which is his body. The fullness of him who fills everything. So what he says, he says, listen, I want you to know that not only do you possess miracle working power, but you possess authority over every principality, every power, every might, every dominion, every name that is named comes into subjection to the name of Jesus, which he's given us to use. Say, so what's the importance of that? Because we are not wrestling against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. You think you're fighting against your spouse? You are not. You're fighting against a spiritual force that is trying to break your covenant power. Say, so, you know, you weren't at my house this week. It was definitely my wife. You know, I was meditating on this revelation one time, and we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, might, and dominion. And Tasha and I were having an argument. And so I thought I would stand against the devil in that argument. And I don't think, I really don't think I looked at her. I, I plead this. I don't think I looked at her. She said I did. See, she's even like, oh, I remember you did. 
But I just said something to this extent. I bind you, Satan, right now in the name of Jesus. And that made the devil so mad that the argument got worse. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Praise the Lord. But the seriousness is I, I just, men, don't, don't go into your prayer closet and bind the devil over your marriage and the strife. Don't say it right to your wife. <laughs> I've learned the hard way in many of these instances. My heart was right. My action was off center a bit. Praise the Lord. But you have authority. And Jesus said, I give you, speaking to his disciples, but he's not a respecter of persons. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19, he says, Behold, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy, that you might tread upon serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy, so that nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. Jesus and God didn't come to hurt you. The enemies come to kill, steal, and destroy and hurt you. And God said, I'm going to give you authority in the name of Jesus. You have authority. Why? Because you're a son and a daughter of God. Why? Because you're the righteousness of God. Why? Because you've been accepted in the beloved. Why? Because you're a new creation. You're an ambassador. An ambassador needs authority to represent who they're an ambassador for. Come on, man. Life should be popping for you right now. Your view of this week should be popping. Woo! This week's different, man. I'm an ambassador. This week, I'm an ambassador. This week, I'm a new creation. This week, I'm accepted in the beloved. Oh, you don't know what I'm facing this week, Pastor. I'm facing challenges. You don't know how my marriage has been going. No, I'm just telling you. I, I do know it's not been going all that great. But this week, if you're listening, and today you'll exercise faith in what Jesus has done, and you'll exercise faith in who you are and what you have, this week will be different. Actively, not theoretically, not mentally, but actively believing, confessing, declaring, and acting upon who you are in Christ. Amen. It'll be different. Whew, you'll make the enemy upset. Circumstances you never dreamed would come. But you'll be able to handle them. Because you know in Christ, I can do all things. Amen. Through Christ who strengthens me. You know I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved me. I'm victorious in Christ. No matter what comes this week, let your declaration be, thanks be unto God who has always caused me to triumph in Christ Jesus. Amen. All right, last. You are redeemed. You are redeemed. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You're redeemed. You've been bought by the precious blood of Jesus. You no longer are a slave of sin, but he purchased your life with his own precious blood. He ransomed you from the slavery of sin and said, I ransomed you and now I brought you back and you are sons and daughters of mine, heirs of mine, joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on, that's who you are. Don't let anybody else, don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let the devil say you're a failure, you're a screw-up, you can't make it, you'll make nothing of your life, nobody likes you, everybody hates you, 
you're a victim, you've been mistreated, that'll all ring saying, you are, you are, you are, you are. And if you don't combat what the devil's saying you are and other people are saying you are with no, wait a minute, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am accepted in the beloved. I am a minister of reconciliation. I am redeemed by the blood of Jesus. You'll start to think of yourself differently than God thinks of you. You can never access all that God has for you as a son and a daughter if you don't see yourself as a son and a daughter. Come on, I don't know if this is helping anybody. But I would wager a guess that none of you, well, maybe Tasha, maybe Carrie, maybe Jonathan, would go to Grand Junction and walk into my mom and, ho- mom and dad's house, walk straight to the pantry, look to the right of the pantry, grab the package of Oreos, walk out, open the fridge, grab a, a, a carton of milk, walk back to the counter, put them down, go over, around by the sink, open the cupboard, get a glass, pour milk in it, and begin to dunk my mom's Oreos and eat them. Why? Because you ain't a son. But I'm going to tell you, I have a key in my car. And even if mom and dad ain't home, I have keys to the kingdom. And because I'm a son, I open it up. They tried to lock me out once. They put a glass storm door. And I got that key. So they can't keep me out. I got the keys. I got keys to every door. And I walk right in there. And I walk right to the cupboard if I'm hungry. And I get what I want. We used to go over there and do our laundry. Because we're sons and daughters. I dare guess none of you will take your laundry basket and knock on the door. Say, Bernadine, we've come to do our laundry. <laughs> Although if you knew my mom, she'd say, oh, who sent you? Oh, well, you're, you're Pastor Mark's mom, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Well, I go to his church. Oh, come do your laundry. <laughs> but I dare guess you wouldn't just go do that. Why? Because you're not sons and daughters. But when you know you're a son and a daughter, you walk into kingdom realities and you just start to access what's available to you. That's why the devil works so hard to continue to make you think you're the same old person you used to be so that you don't walk right in to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and the grace you need for every time of need. Why don't you stand up with me? Every head bowed and every eye closed if you're here this morning. And perchance you don't know what Jesus has done for you and you don't know who you are in in Christ Jesus. There's a great moment that is before you right now. Don't take for granted this time. Well, maybe I'll do that next week. Maybe I'll. Today is the day of salvation. God has so many great things for you and in store for you. And he says, the access to that is my son that I sent for you. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And he says, 
What I just need you to do is acknowledge that you're done running your own life and that you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life and confess that and believe in your heart that he died for your sin. God raised him from the dead and he said, I'll come in and I'll be the Lord of your life and I'll come into your heart and I'll live with you. I'll walk with you. I'll be with you wherever you go. If you're here this morning, you might have gone to church all your life, but you say, I've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. Listen, when Paul said, the life that I now live, the distinction between the life that he now lives and he used to live was that marked time when he made Jesus Christ the Lord of his life. And he said, since that, I've lived by faith in the Son of God and everything he's done for me. And it's a better life, a better quality. If you're here this morning, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to pray with you. Just raise your hand. I want to pray with you. It's just that simple prayer. If you're watching by online. We want to pray with you. If you didn't raise your hand, but you know you should have, just pray this. Let's pray this prayer together. If you're online, you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Let's pray this together. Say, Father God, we come to you this morning in the name of Jesus. And I declare to you, I'm done living life my way. And so this morning, I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I believe that you died for my sin, that God raised you from the dead so that I could be justified and become a son and a daughter. And so this morning, I receive you as the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, and you're online, please go to the app, and uh, it's called what? Share your story. I always say tell your story. Share your story. Put on there that you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. We would love to know that so we can get you some information, uh, uh, some little booklets, small booklets that will help you begin your journey and your relationship with Jesus Christ. We want to give that to you as a gift. If you're here and you prayed that for the first time, but you didn't raise your hand, there'll be an altar worker up here. Just say, I prayed that for the first time. I would like to get that gift of those little books, and they will give it to you. Amen? Say this as we go. What God did in Christ Jesus? Far exceeds. Any damage done to me? by Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make it a great day. We'll see you at 6 o'clock tonight.